This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, easier to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro, my sidekick buddy. Doug DePiro, your hero? Yep. No, well, not quite, but yeah, you got it. <laughs> I'm at, Dick, I'm at uh, Kent Falls State Park up in Connecticut. It's beautiful up here. Okay, good. Yeah, with Dennis don't, DeMealy. You know Dennis, right? Yeah. Hi, Dennis. Don't fall while you're there. <laughs> um, so, um, I believe that Trump Trump is obviously surging and doing extraordinarily well in the Republican primary. Uh, he began in January... Um, ahead of with, with DeSantis, slightly ahead of him, or basically tied. Uh, the best poll by McLaughlin had him twelve points ahead of DeSantis. Now he's forty-six points ahead of DeSantis. And uh, when you take it in a multi-candidate field, he's uh, thirty-nine points ahead. So this race is 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 going very very well for Trump. But the problem is that no matter how well Trump does in the primary, no matter how clearly he he is leading DeSantis and keeping other people out of the race, he still is locked in a fairly close contest with a Biden. Um, the uh, McLaughlin's polling, which is Trump's polling, has him four ahead of Biden. The Rasmussen poll has him seven ahead of Biden, the most that anybody has. And most polls show him with a slight lead over Biden. So if we keep on that path, we're headed for a really tough election election period, one in which theft and fixing the voting machines can play a huge role. They used to say, get beyond the statistical margin of error. Now I think it's get beyond the statistical margin of stealing. And unless we go into election day with a solid lead of 7 to 10 points, we're going to have to fight it out in the trenches. And I'm not optimistic about that because the machines are so political and voting are controlled by the Democrats. So I've been searching and working and thinking about a strategy to eclipse that. You know, I've never liked to fight World War One, where you sit in the trenches and you advance a thousand yards and then you retreat a thousand yards and you to spill all your blood trying to get little pieces of ground. I've always wanted to fight a World War II war where there's a war of movement and uh, rapid uh, movement from one theater to another. So my question was, how do we do that? In the Clinton campaign, I came up with the idea of triangulation, which was essentially to eclipse the partisan rivalry and find a third place that embodied the best of each and take that position. 
and Clinton did, and he won the election, and it was largely attributable to triangulation. Now the question is, what do we do in this campaign? So I want to start with a fundamental insight that I share in common with, I think, Copernicus, uh, or maybe Galileo, uh, that the world is round. Find a wheel and it goes round, round, round as it skims along with the happy sound as it goes along the ground, ground, ground till it leads you to the one you love. Then your love will hold you round, round, round in your heart's a song with a brand new sound and your head. Go spinning round, 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 cause you found what you've been dreaming of. In the well, round, round, round. The world is round. Uh, many people think that it's linear, that there's a political spectrum that runs from left, left, center, center, right, right. And that's the map. And to, to go from the left to the right, you have to pass through the center. But that's wrong, in my judgment. There are a host of issues a large number of issues that that really are not defined easily by ideology and the or by party, where both the left and the right have very similar views to each other. And the thing they're opposed to is the center. Their enemies are the deep state, the military-industrial complex, the big banking system, the uh, all of the stuff that that all of the stuff that really anchors the center and the deep state. And the, both the left and the right oppose it in common. They both are fiercely opposed to it. But the center isn't, because the center runs the country. And they do it through the deep state, through the military-industrial complex, through big pharma and the drug companies, through high-tech and, and censorship and, and spying on people and the whole bit. And that, the left and the right both have that problem in common. If you look at listen to Robert Kennedy's speeches, they're very similar to Donald Trump's uh, on all of these issues. And I believe it's time for a new definition of our political process. Um, we, we currently use fission uh, to produce our bombs, our nuclear energy, and our politics. The idea of fission is you split an atom, you divide it. And then when it comes apart, that generates energy. And then that sends uh, particles in all directions, and they split other atoms and other atoms until eventually there's a chain reaction of energy released by division until it causes a bomb. But the better bomb is fusion. When you combine two hydrogen or helium atoms, you produce a mass amount of energy with very few byproducts. Let's change our political dynamic from fission to fusion and get the left and the right together at one end of the circle against the center, which is at the other pole of the circle. And let that be the way the Trump campaign goes out and gets votes from moderates, from women, from young people, people who are not now with it. And as a result, the Trump campaign is locked in this tight battle with Biden. And think about the issues. Uh, genetically modified foods. The left and the right both are freaking out about that. Both find it very important. And uh, and the thing people that they're opposed to are the big food companies, agribusiness. 
uh, pesticides in our food. We're, we're finding carcinogens in mother's milk. Uh, we're finding it in the blood of newborn babies. And uh, it's coming from the pesticides that are sprayed all over the place. The leading pesticide, Roundup, is animated by a chemical called glyphosate. Glyphosate, G-Y-P-H, so on. And glyphosate is a very lethal chemical for weeds, but also for people. In the last 10 years, though, glyphosate has become, uh, I'm sorry, the weed killers have become less and less effective because the weeds have mutated. And now they put in even more quantities of glyphosate, and uh, it's causing major problems with global health. And you can't get the FDA or the food companies or the chemical companies to give you the right time of day, but they are seriously hurting our health. Another is in the banking system. The large international banks, the TBTF banks, too big to fail, are taking over the whole banking industry and de facto nationalizing the banks so that soon you'll have just one or two banks like they do in France and Germany who control everything. The pluralism of our banking system where we have lots and lots of small banks and we, they don't all have to march to the beat of the same drummer will be gone. Um, we have already lost the, the our total of community banks has dropped from 6,800 in 20, in 2000 to, uh, 4,400 today, a 37% decrease. And with the new banking crisis, it's going much more rapidly. And I believe that in many ways the banking crisis is caused by the, high te- by the big banks who want to put their competitors out of business. Uh, you also have digital dollars on the horizon that will make the whole thing, financial process, completely transparent to the government and the regulators. It's the onset of the surveillance state, where instead of cash, you get a digital card, and everything you buy is on that record and visible to the government. Uh, The high-tech censorship on the Internet, government censorship we can fight because it's unconstitutional, but private censorship is not. And when you look at an Internet search engine, try to find my comments on this show. You'll find them, but on page 10 of the search engine, there's all kinds of stuff discrediting them. Vaccinations. Uh, We're both very concerned about our children being required to take these COVID shots, even though there's no evidence of COVID in young young children. And out of every 550 shots, there's one serious adverse reaction, according to the CDC. Um, And uh, I think that the focus on lockdowns in the event of a new pandemic demanding that people put their money in socially constructive causes, which have a lower rate of return, which is sort of a payoff to those companies. All of these are issues that the left and the right basically agree upon. And I believe that there should be a fusion between them in our politics. Now, the guy who is most able to bring about this fusion is Donald Trump. People think for coalition building, you have to be warm and fuzzy, and Trump's not that. But that's not right. To form this kind of coalition, what you need is a bulldog who will focus on the objective and plow through and doesn't care who opposes him. And Trump doesn't care because he's the only financially independent candidate in the race. And by that, I don't mean the only billionaire. He's the only guy 
who funds his campaign with small contributions raised online of about $300 million per campaign in donations of less than $100. So he doesn't give a damn what big tech says or what big pharma says or what the the pesticide companies say uh, because they can't control him with campaign contributions. And he's not afraid to say what he thinks. And I think that Trump should begin to focus on these issues and sound increasingly like Bobby Kennedy and create an identity with the left so that the left and the right are really working together on this agenda. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Find a wheel and it goes round, round, round as it skims along with the happy sound as it goes along the ground, ground. So I'm calling for the new fusion, which is to take the issues that affect the left and the right and both of them care about, or both of them are passionate about, but the establishment opposes, like genetic engineering, pesticides, digital dollars, getting rid of small banks and having just one nationalized bank, high-tech censorship, requiring people to be vaccinated, especially children, um, the uh, lockdowns in the event of pandemics, making people put their money into ESG investments. These are things that the left and the right uh, oppose. And what we need to do is to consolidate that and work together. And when I say the left, I do not mean the establishment of the Democratic Party. They're screwed up on all of these issues. Uh, They oppose the bulk of the people on those because they were all bought off by their own special interests. But the average, but there is a large number of voters who are normally supporting Biden, or at least nominally supporting Biden, who would agree with Trump more on these issues than they agree with Biden. And these issues are very important to them. Pesticides, when, you, when cancer shows up in your breast milk, for God's sakes, that you're feeding your, your newborn, uh, or, where, um, or where every transaction you make is surveilled by the feds, um, or high tech and the internet is censored horribly. So particularly theories about the vaccines being harmful and telling people the truth about uh, pharma and medications, that's all censored out. The American people aren't willing to put up with this. And I believe that this gives Trump an agenda that he should embrace. Now, we're headed into the debate season. And uh, I think that there's some, and fundamentally, Trump has is changing the whole name of the game on debates when he says that he will not participate in debates with the media dominating the debate and asking the questions and setting the agenda. He's saying, why should I let a group of people who I've panned as fake media, who hate me, ask me the questions, correct my answers, and end up debating with me? 
in the same sense that Megyn Kelly was my opponent in the 16 debate and Chris Wallace was my opponent in the 2020 debate. Uh, they weren't questioning me. They were harassing and opposing me and rebutting me. And uh, why do I have to run against the candidate and the journalist? So he has announced that he's not going to participate in any debates where a panel of media people chosen by the media asks him questions. And that is a fundamental, fundamental change. So they're saying goodbye to Trump, but he's saying hello to the idea of independent candidate forums without the press, no media allowed. And uh, this is not just a tactical decision to skip debates. This changes the entire process of selecting our president. We first had debates in 1960, the famous Kennedy-Nixon debates. And since then, we've had them every four years, except in 1972, Nixon refused to debate as the incumbent president. But every other year, there have been debates. And increasingly, they've been the media's, the media's product. They pick the panels. They pick the questions. They air the debates. They do the spin rooms afterwards. And they control the entire process. It is the major way that the media impacts and controls political debates, political races. Was the 2020 election fixed and rigged? Yeah, it sure was. Not necessarily in Maricopa County, but when in that second, in that last debate, two weeks before Election Day, Chris Wallace and the other moderators refused to let Trump talk about Hunter Biden's activities, the stuff on the laptop, the, uh, the, the central intelligence agencies controlling all of this, and that really structured the whole election. Had we known then what we know now about the Biden family corruption and dealing with China, we never would have elected Biden in the first place. So what Trump is saying is, butt the hell out. Get out of here. Don't you control this election. You're not running. You're journalists. You're you're not politicians. You're not candidates. And I won't let you participate in the debate. So he has a couple of options. One is he's a zillion points ahead in the primary and tell them go stuff it. I'm not having a debate because I'm not showing up. And uh, try to have a debate with yourself, one hand clapping. Um, And in the general election, I'll have debates, but I will not have it with the media there. And then you may have Tucker Carlson putting on a debate. Trump, I think, would enjoy that and go along with that. Or the Lincoln-Douglas-style debates from 1858, where Lincoln spoke and Douglas spoke and then Lincoln spoke and Douglas spoke the media played no role in it. They weren't even there. They covered it. But there was no participation. Well, and, you think Biden's going to show up? Yeah, I think that if Trump does, if it's right, I don't know if it'll be Biden, but if Trump does, right. he has to show up. And, right. um, and, if, and I think that, you know, they don't have a reason for not participating like Trump does because of the, the uh, phony media. Right. So I think that this is a fundamental transformation of our politics. And I wonder, telling the media, not, not, we're the candidates, not you. Not to interrupt you, though, but I wonder if they say to Biden people, we're only going to do a debate if we have the mediator, you know, wouldn't that be something? 
Yeah, well, that depends on what the polling is. Right. If we're ahead of Biden at that point, we can hold with that position. If we're behind him, we need the debate. (coughs) But let's play that when we come up to it. The important point now is while it's still in the primaries and therefore essentially within Trump's control, although officially it's controlled by the Republican National Committee, which charged ahead to negotiate debates without getting Trump's approval, and Trump is now pulling them up short, um, now is really the time that you can impact this. And I think that the idea that you make this a candidate debate, not candidates against the media, is absolutely one of the lasting contributions that Trump will have made to our politics. Uh, because I think in the future, in the future there's not going to be debates that are controlled by the media. Let's go to Tony and Clifton. Hi, Tony. Hi, how are you guys? Hi, Doug. Hi, Dick. Good. Hi, Tony. Always a pleasure. So when I listen to you guys, I always feel like you spur me on to think what's been on my mind. And when you say fusion, I just love it because I'm looking for something that will really bring Donald Trump and everything he has to offer as our next president to the plate. Fusion just works for me. But when I think of just the term, not what it means, the term MAGA Republican, I think that kind of takes away, that whole term takes away from the fusion effect and what we're trying to work with. But it it characterizes accurately Trump's theme and what Trump is about. And I'm not urging that Trump abandon that. I'm urging him to take that into the new issues that we're talking about here. Um, But thank you for calling, Tony. I appreciate it. Let's go to Judith in Brooklyn. Hi, Judith. Good to talk Hi. to you again. Good. Hi, Dick. Hi, Doug. Listen, um, yeah, I think they should have uh, moderators that are more Republican, more more balanced moderators of anything, and I agree with you. Listen, so many things bother me, but there are two things I'm going to point out but with just, you, I Dick, want to pull me. you up short on that. I do not want the moderator to control these debates, so I don't think there should be a third person on the stage. Uh, you don't have you, – you've got to let the candidates do it. Because otherwise, the moderator becomes the immoderator, and he structures the agenda. And we've seen that happening over and over and over again. It's the vehicle the media uses to control elections. Uh, go ahead, Jude. Okay, there are two things that bother me out of so many things. Number one, MAGA. They seem to make this into a dirty four-letter word, which I can't understand. Make America Great Again is for all Americans. Something well, they, has to be done about it. They, and did two, that, they did that with the Tea Party, and the goal here is to make it a dirty word and marginalize it. But you can't with the enthusiasm the mass of people have and with the obvious need to make America great again. What's your second point? Second point is this. I heard there's 0.3% transgenders in all of the United States of America, and 50% of them try to commit suicide. Yet, Dick, how is it possible that they seem to be everywhere in everything and more powerful and run everything? Well, I'm not sure your stats are right. The only reliable data I've seen was McLaughlin's polling that showed that 9% of the American population describes themselves as gay. Um, What percent of trans is, I don't know, and the hospitals could provide that record in terms of their surgeries. In terms of why they're trying to do it, it's the media strategy. They take something that people oppose, like gay marriage, and by doing all kinds of movies on it and having TV series where people are 
gay and married and one big happy family that Donna Reed show revisited and updated. Uh, and, and that they try to legitimize it. <clears throat> and that's what's going on now. Thank you, Judith. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, Let's go to Max in New York City. Hey, Max. Yeah, yeah, hi. Uh, last Sunday, uh, Carrie Lake uh, told John Castamides that she... We call had, him Cat uh, because nobody can pronounce his name. Cat, right. Uh, okay. That she was, uh, that her election bid was stolen in Cal- uh, in Arizona, and Cali, uh, well, what's the, in Calamico County, is that? No, Maricopa County, yeah. Maricopa County, and uh, she had to go to court and everything. Yeah. So I'm asking you, if Trump is the nominee, what is he going to do about the problems that he can he could encounter in Arizona, yeah, well, Wisconsin, Michigan, okay. Pennsylvania? I, I think that uh, there's a lot that we can do before the election. Uh, first of all, many states are adopting mandatory photo ID for voters, and 80 percent of Americans agree with that. Uh, so I think that I think there's a great deal we can do. But frankly, the most important thing to do is to have manpower at the polls and before the elections working the system. I just was in Nevada where I'm going to be working with a guy named Jim Marchant, who's a Republican running for the Senate. And Nevada elections are routinely stolen. The Harry Reid machine set it up that way. And the only way to fight that is to have the same kind of army that they have descending on the polls on Election Day and in the early voting and subsequent to Election Day. Let me go on. What the Democrats are doing is that they cure ballots. In other words, the vote comes in and you have paper ballots and you see a ballot and you think they voted for Biden or you think, in this case, they voted for Biden, but they didn't sign it or they initialed it or the check mark isn't clear. So the Democrats send workers out to interview the voters and say, what did you mean by that? And the voter says, I meant to vote for Biden, and they do an affidavit, and that now becomes a vote for Biden. And that's how we lost both the Senate seat and the presidential races in Nevada and also in Arizona. It's why as the returns came in later and later and later, days afterwards, the Democrats gained. And the Culinary Workers Union, largely, in Nevada and other unions in other states, takes their employees who are on salary, on payroll, and sends them around to cure ballots and to get in touch with voters individually. And we just rely on part-time workers and mothers and, you know, people who have time off who can do this. And that isn't going to work. Uh, we, we need to raise a fund of maybe eight or ten million dollars to deploy our own army in all these locations to take our list of favorables, take it again, check it against each day's vote to see who voted see who hasn't voted, visit the ones that haven't voted, and then on election day, visit all the people who we think voted for Trump, but the ballots have to be have to be checked because of defects, and they'll be ruled out if they're not cured. And if we take those steps and encourage early voting and encourage mail-in voting and set up our own drop boxes in places like churches and veterans groups, I think we can overcome the democratic cheating. Sorry to spend a long time on that, but I, I think it's it's very important. 
Um, let's go to Al and Yonkers. Good afternoon, Doug. Uh, Dick and Doug. You know, I just wanted hey, to say right now, uh, former President Reagan has the luxury of probably skipping the debate in he, August. He's dead, so it, it helps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, President Trump, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. If I misspoke. I just said in, still in, in, in August, if he skips the uh, Republican debates, he probably right. can now because his numbers are so yeah. high. Right. But as we move forward and bigger names get in the race like DeSantis, Governor Sununu, as we move closer to the Iowa caucus, I don't think Donald Trump, uh, his personality will let him stay out of the debates. Well, we'll I see. I believe he'll definitely participate. We'll see. Uh, we'll check it. We'll check out. I I think that he will hew to a strong position if I won't do it if the media is there. Um, and I think that would be effective. What, with Especially the, with if the, Dick Morris has anything to do with it. With the attacks that are going on now against Trump, the Bragg indictment isn't going anywhere. Uh, they'll have their trial in December. Uh, even if he's convicted by a New York jury, it'll be thrown out on appeal. And this is not going to be an issue in the election. Nor are the other prosecutions of Trump for um, taking classified documents home that he shouldn't have unless he can establish a compromising of national security or giving that information to a foreign country like the Hillary server. You're not going to be able to make that stick. And the case in Georgia is totally phony. But what could hurt Trump is this rape trial going on now in New York because he can never be acquitted. It's a civil trial. It's not a criminal trial. A criminal trial, you're either guilty or innocent, and if you're found innocent, it goes away. But a civil trial is for money damages. And if they award five cents to the plaintiff, you become guilty. And and your choice then is to appeal it and really litigate the whole thing and keep it on center stage or um, or actually concede it, in which case you're almost conceding guilt, regardless of the size of the verdict. So it's a very tough situation to navigate, and I'm very concerned about that. Now, the case against this accuser is heavy. She never reported it when it happened 30 years ago. <clears throat> she waited until she brought out a book and got a 70000 advance, and then she brought it out. Hold on. And and she never complained to the cops, and there's no proof of anything. And she was in a crowded department store, and she claims it happened in the dressing room. But despite all of that stuff, if you went before a New York City jury and you said, we accused Donald Trump of having four heads, a majority would say, yeah, if that'll keep him out of the White House. And I'm very concerned that a stacked jury and a stacked judge Rules enough ruling and a stacked uh, electorate that causes the stacked jury could create a, uh, a charge that we can't rebut because it's never officially been made. Hey, Dick, can yeah. I interrupt? Mm -hmm. Dennis wants to say something about a, a plot with this girl. Just go, Dennis. The Law and Order SVU in 2012 yeah. was, was the same exact plot verbatim that she's complaining about Trump. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's, yeah, that's worth checking true. out. How did it come out? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, how did it? But Trump, I don't know. I didn't see the end. Trump's position is. I'm only willing to hear you cry because I am an
damn right he is. But uh, but he may not. He, this may be a serious serious problem for him because you can't be acquitted of something you're never charged with. And this is so horrible. It could just linger out there. Um, let's go to Sandra in New Jersey. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Oh, oh good afternoon, Dick and Doug. Um, I'm outdoors, so you might not hear me as well, but I saw your show last night. It was very effective. I love the tie you were wearing, Dick. <laughs> that you. hot pink tie. I loved <laughs> it. But anyway, um, you said that Trump is ahead only by four points, and you're concerned about that. Well, so am I. Because, you know, we have a year to go, and you know how the Dems are. They're going to come up with all cockamamie ways to make it look like Biden's doing all these great things. Yeah. And, and that's my concern. Yeah, that's true. But, oh, you can't hear me? No, we can't. But, you know, Trump has been – that same poll has been the case month after month after month. Ever since we pulled out of Afghanistan and withdrew, um, Trump has jumped out to a four- to five-point lead over Biden. And it hasn't gone down, but it hasn't gone up. And I'm looking to this fusion idea to have a bold stroke to really change it. So, um, Sandra, though, the uh, call screener said you want to talk about Tucker Carlson. Yeah, I, I'm, I heard that um, he may not be able to participate in politics until after the 2024 yeah. election. Well, How if he, will that impact Trump? If he, do, if he does participate, it's going to be the most expensive talk show in the world. Right. He has to pay uh, Fox News a ton of money if he violates the agreement to keep him off the air. Um, well, Dick, Dick, one second. A couple of guys that we know, if they didn't get paid, they were able to go on the air, but he might have something different going on. No, it's different with him. Um, right. Yeah, it, it, I know what you're talking about. It's different with him. So right. we have to see. Um, the question is, if he goes on the air to moderate a debate, is that different? But we'll have to, we'll have to see how it goes. Right. But um, I think that let's go to Jerry in New Brunswick, who I think is is pro Biden. I want to hear what you have to say. Yes, Jerry. Pro Biden? No. Yeah. Uh, Dick, thanks for taking the call. Uh, I did want to ask you one thing. I listen to a lot of uh, talk radio and a lot of commentators on cable, and I keep hearing their guests and I keep hearing them saying they can't understand what Biden's doing. Uh, it seems so so silly. His policy so counterintuitive. No. And yet Joe Biden tells us all the time what he's doing. He's saving the planet. And conservatives don't – it just seems impossible for them to understand. And okay, he well, doesn't care how much well, damage me, he does. Let me get to the bottom of this of that, of that comment because I'm, I'm very glad you raised it. Um, if you assume that there is global warming and if you assume that it's man-made and if you assume that it's reversible, that it's not just because of volcanoes spew CO2 into the atmosphere. All those ifs, take that as a given. The issue then is the way you save the planet in those terms is you cut carbon emissions. And in the last two years or three years, not two years or three years, since going back to 16 when Trump took office, the United States has cut its carbon emissions in half and China has more than doubled its carbon emissions. So in 1917 or 1918, the United States accounted for over 40% of the world's carbon emissions, and China accounted for less than 20. Now it's completely reversed. China's over 40, and the U.S. is at about 14 or 15. Europe combined is at about 18. So the point is that, that unless we get tough with China 
and unless we put this on the agenda and make China respond, you can you can cut the United States and Europe all you like, and it's not going to affect the emissions because it's one world. And the problem is that the Chinese are using this to move ahead in all sorts of economic areas because they're not subject to the same constraints that American businesses are. And uh, Biden cannot have it both ways. When he took the bribes from China and they paid off his son, this basically gave China the ability to stop the United States from moving ahead economically uh, because of using the climate change issue. So when we get back, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the state of the Republican primary, and I'll take some more of your calls. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump, and now he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I just want to correct that Patriot Gold ad that we just heard. I'm going to take the new one as soon as the show is over. The stats about carnage on Wall Street and how far down the market it's gotten is accurate. But to say that gold has been down 8% is out of date. I cut that ad four or five months ago. Uh, the fact is the gold is up 10%. So it, let's get, it's even more compa- important to uh, put your IRA in gold. Um, let's go to Nick in Queens. Hi, Nick. Hi, uh, Dick. It's good to hear from you. And uh, Doug, Gumastar. Um What I want to know, Dick, is when do you think Ronnie Ravioli is going to get in the race? And when (laughs) not? And when he does, Ravioli. And when he when he does, I mean, what impact do you think it'll have? You know, just generally speaking, because I think his him him laying out like this. I'm just wondering if there's a uh, a a method to his madness. Yeah. Well. Not a method. He's gone from uh, in in the, in the most pro DeSantis poll from uh, eight points behind Trump to forty points behind Trump. So no, I don't think uh, that was the right strategy. I think it might be a bit of a mistake. I think it's going to they're going to read in political science textbooks about how he blew the potential to win the race. Um, and I think when he gets into the race, there would not going to be a blip. I think Trump will keep his vote chair. I think he'll have difficulty gaining. Uh, DeSantis will have a tough time picking up votes. He might pick up the votes of a Mike Pence or a Nikki uh, Nikki Haley or some of the candidates that haven't come in yet whose names are floating out there, but nothing significant. This race is uh, is basically over, which is the point I've been making. Leave your stepping stones behind. There's something that calls for you. Forget the dead you've left, they will not follow you. The vagabond who's rapping at your door is standing in the clothes that you once wore. Strike And it's all over now, baby blue. Yeah, the Republican primary is all over now. Uh, You can't say it's over when it's a year away, but DeSantis can't come back and nobody else can. Uh, Trump has uh, has, has won this race. 
And he won it by belying the notion that you can't win with early media. you got to keep all your money and just go at the end. And Trump came on early, dominated the stage, put forth new proposals on issues that were very compelling on teacher tenure and on free speech and all that sort of stuff. And uh, and then he was indicted on over ridiculous charges. And he has come back. And uh, I think that he's the – and interestingly, in the last polling, not only has he gained vote share, he's gained favorability. Uh, he used to be about even with Biden in favorable versus unfavorable. Now Biden is a net 10 unfavorable, and he's a net 10 favorable. And that's not among primary voters. That's among all voters. I've said from the beginning of this process that Biden is the frame around the picture of Donald Trump that helps you appreciate how beautiful it is. Because when you see all of Biden's failures, it's the frame you put around Trump's successes and makes you understand how unique Trump's successes are. And Trump and Biden are in a zero-sum game right now. Trump gains 10 points in favorability. Biden loses 10 points. Trump goes up in job approval. Biden drops it in job approval. And that zero-sum game, that seesaw, is um, is now working strongly to Trump's advantage, and it's going to grow as we approach the election. Uh, this primary is functionally over. Um, let's go to uh, uh, let's go to Sam in Brooklyn. Hi, Mr. Morris. Hey. I would like to ask you a question. You're a smart man. Do you think that this fact that the Supreme Court, right before the elections, released this abortion problem that they have? And the leaker was never found, and that caused us the red wave? No, I, I don't like – the leak was wrong, and whoever did it needs to be prosecuted. But uh, it was just a leak, an accurate leak of a decision that the leak confirmed. So, no, I don't think it had an impact. But let's talk about the abortion issue. There is a the, – the, beneath the, the hue and the cry and the screaming and the bleeding and everything – there is a fundamental consensus in this country that the Dobbs decision overruling Roe has created. It has created an agreement and a consensus among the American people. And that consensus is no abortions except in cases of rape, incest, or where the life of the mother is at stake or within the first 15 weeks of pregnancy, meaning the first trimester. Then you can have an abortion. After that, you can't. And uh, 70 to 75 percent of Americans agree with that. There are about 20 percent that say abortion should be legal all the time and about 10 percent that say it should be illegal all the time. But 70 percent embrace that solution. It was first proposed by Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, but he screwed it up in the way he proposed it. But this is going to be the solution, and it is the national consensus. Now, Trump is limited in his capacity to go out and campaign on that because we still have primaries. And there's always the chance that a dedicated, hardline pro-lifer says, hey, uh, even if it's a rape, that's a fetus, that's a live human, and you can't kill it, and it's outrageous. And uh, on a certain level, I agree with that. But, you know, we're not discussing morality here. We're discussing legislation. And you need a majority of an elected body to ratify that. And you're not going to get it with the purest position like that. But if you adopt the position that a rape, incest, or the life of the mother is an exception and that you shouldn't be 
terminating pregnancies before the person even knows they're really pregnant or they have to make this life, this enormous life decision under the pressure of a stopwatch. Uh, I think people will go along with that compromise. And I think that's going to work. Uh, but it hasn't happened yet and it can't happen yet because any Republican that advocates it is going to buy himself a hell of a primary against the pro-lifers. And that's why it's holding, it's holding stuff up. Let's go to Steve in Brooklyn. Hi, Steve. Yes, in politics and persuasion of people, words are very important. So I'm hereby pointing out that Time Magazine, People Magazine, 60 Minutes, The Weekly Magazine, New York Times Magazine, they all have MAGA in their name. (laughs) And since they have turned around Orwellian and... So do Rifles, the magazine, (laughs) for their ammo. (laughs) Go ahead. Keep the words, but change the meanings, just as in 1984 in Brave New World, in order to manipulate our minds. And they create a quicksand that we're on. Well, why don't we create a counter-quicksand against the radical left and have instead that they call themselves the Antifazine or the Bialimazine <laughs> and uh, cha- un- try to begin to overthrow their words in a... Well, in we don't have to make up term- words. We don't have to make up words for them. They made them up for themselves. Black Lives Matter, which is basically saying no other lives do, or Antifa, U.S. is racist and fundamentally evil. And just use those. They have more than convicted themselves beyond our capacity to add or detract. Uh, let's go to Pamela in New Jersey. But that was good, though. Uh, yeah, I agree with uh, the debate issue and uh, the polling. Uh, and But I do uh, – I agree with uh, Tony, Judith, and the last gentleman about the term MAGA. Um, it, it's turned into like maggot, and um, it's it, you know Democrats are cool. Remember, they got the uh, um, you know uh, Springsteen set and everything. We're seen as corny and dopey, and and it matters. You know, I'm a white woman, middle to older age. Uh, in a blue state, and I know what women are saying. I know. I've heard over and over again. Some of the women I talk to in the grocery store, their husbands, It's there's a rich community part of our town, they worked under Trump, and I don't think they were fibbing, and they were saying, oh, him, him, he's, you know, some of them are coming from a boss aspect, but some of it is coming from a misogynistic viewpoint. I think it would help if Melania went on the road, if she, she's able mm-hmm. to do that, yeah. with him to soften that image. Okay. To make him – Well, has- I think – thank you. I think that, uh, that the way we can deal with that issue is to talk about issues that concern women, all people, but women in particular, like the food that they're eating, that they're feeding their babies in their bodies or in their, uh, or in their baby food. Uh, insecticides and pesticides that are destroying our food supply. Um, things that really affect people, and in particular women, uh, parent power in schools so that you can retain control over what your child is being taught. Those are issues that I think are very important, and I think they really reach the same voters. Right now, 50% of the vote among women are married and 50% are single. And that's the political fault line now. The problem is that we lose the single women over abortion, but we don't pick up the married women. And we can pick them up by talking about these other issues. And I think you're going to see that 
happening more and more. But thanks for your comment. I think it's a good one. Let's go to Tom and Youngers. Yeah. Yeah, hi, Dick. Um, I, I listened to uh, Trump on John Cassavetes' show, right. and he obviously likes him like he's a friend. And he was really sweet and friendly with him. Yep. And I never saw that side of him. I that's never heard the, it. That's the Trump I talk to every day. And, uh, and he, you know, my wife had a stroke two years ago, and he is always asking me about her, always solicitous. Um, Trump is a very nice, sweet man. And when I, when I work with him in Mar-a-Lago, all the time he's concerned about his workers. Hey, the chef's made some food. I know your husband likes that. He's always a gentleman to these people. Yeah, he is. And, um, uh, you know, but he's a New Yorker. He's, he's got a tough edge to him, and he deals with – he doesn't tolerate BS very easily. He's um, a New Yorker. Yeah, and he also knows when people oppose him, and he has no – real compassion for them. Um, so I think that, you know, he's, we're used to him. We've seen him a hundred times, but we're New Yorkers and that's, that's different. Um, so let's go to Dean in New Jersey. We just have two minutes left. What's up, Dean? Dean. Dean, New Jersey. Okay. All right. Never mind. Let's go to uh, Robert in Pearl River. Yeah, how you doing, Dick? Uh, I'll tell you, the, um, one of the most important things is that if they're going to fix the irregularities, they better do it now. Yeah. Because when it comes time to election, those Democrats always pull ahead. Yeah, the but, other issue is with uh, people of color voting. Yeah, I don't, have, I don't have time for the other, but let me get to the one you just said. Um, until now, I have presumed that the solution to this problem was legislative. You had to get the legislature to acquire photo ID and verification of signatures and so on. But as I've worked in Nevada and Arizona, two states that had serious problems, I've come to believe the solution is manpower and funding. The solution is for us to get out there just as the Democrats are, ballot by ballot, person by person, and fight these issues. And I think we can, and I think we've got to earmark money to that. I'll be talking more about that in the future. But thank you for your call. It's been a great show, and remember, the new fusion. The world is round. My honor, Dick Morris.